Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Join Hoda Kotb for a brand new season of her podcast, Making Space. For season five, I am making space to talk to people who are providing a sense of hope and inspiration when life changes course. Uplifting conversations with inspiring individuals like NFL legend Drew Brees, singer-songwriter Ziggy Marley, and today's show co-anchor Savannah Guthrie as you have never heard her before. I found faith more viscerally, not because the bad thing didn't happen, but because it did. I promise you, like me, will leave these conversations with some wisdom for your own journey, empowered and inspired to make space in your own life. New episodes of Making Space with Hoda Kotb are released every Wednesday. Listen now wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books with Zivi. I'm the host, Zivi Owens. I am an author. My latest is blank, pub date March 1st, a novel. I'm also a podcaster, obviously, a publisher, a bookstore owner, and so much more. If you love books, you're in the right place. In fact, we call it the Ziviverse, or really, the LA Times called it the Ziviverse, and we're going with it. Go to ZiviOwens.com to learn more, and follow me on Instagram at ZiviOwens. Lucinda Halpern is the author of Get Signed, Find an Agent, Land a Book Deal, and Become a Published Author. Lucinda is a literary agent and the founder of Lucinda Literary, based in New York. She has worked with all major publishers, including Penguin Random House, Simon & Schuster, Macmillan, Hachette, and Scholastic, and currently represents New York Times and internationally best-selling authors in the categories of personal growth, popular science, narrative nonfiction, memoir, and upmarket fiction. Her classes and coaching programs have been taught to hundreds of writers worldwide, and it became the inspiration for her new book, Get Signed. Welcome, Lucinda. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss, get signed, find an agent, land a book deal, and become a published author. Hi. So good to be here. (laughs) This is the book that so many people, I need to just like hand it to them because everyone's always asking like, okay, well, I have this, I've written this, or I'm 40 pages in, or I have a draft, but I don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, you need to find an agent first. And they're like, what do you mean? I'm like, I don't like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Don't send it to me. No, I'm kidding. But you have all but the answers. Kidding. I'm, I'm kidding. Not kidding. Okay. Tell, give the whole story, your whole story, yeah. the book, your background jump in. Yeah. So I'm a literary agent, first and foremost. So I'm that person that people are asking you about um, when they (laughs) want to get published. What exactly is that person? And the way I put it is, especially for moms, we're like the doula when you don't trust the doctor. We're, Mm. We're the person who is your midwife sort of helping you birth this thing, which is nothing short of a, you know, of a labor, of a child that you've been incubating for so long. And we, you know, so mainly we're known for brokering a publishing deal, right? We're helping you to get book advance and we are looking out for your rights and your contract. But agents are so much more than that, right? We're your first champions. We're your therapists. We are looking after your business affairs so that you can keep your relationships and your work creative, which is a really important part of the partnership. We're your first editors, 
So we're shaping your work with you and you think it's done, it's not done before we send it out to publishers. We're pitching you so we have to share your vision. And then we're with you for the entirety of your career. So long after the deal, we're still being your cheerleader from the sidelines and we're still mediating for you with the publisher. So that's the literary agent role, just backing up to the beginning. My personal story is is like it's a resume that's a smattering of non-commitments, which ends up serving entrepreneurs really well. You know, that I got interested and got experience in a lot of things and then always felt like I was going to run my own company. So very young, I started to do that at 27 after having really small periods of time at HarperCollins, which is the boot camp for everyone who wants to get in publishing, <laughs> Scholastic, where I was learning online marketing and sales, and then one agent who's a very well-respected agent, Christy Fletcher, she's now at um, UTA, <laughs> took a flyer on me. She's like, I like your hustle. I think you've got it. Every other agent rejected me. I knocked on every door. I met with every agent and they were like, you're cute. You're young, <laughs> very cute, but you don't have a list of clients to bring to the table. Christy took a chance on me. That's the story I love to tell beginning in this book because it really only takes one person to believe in you. And what Christy did is she connected me with Gretchen Rubin of The Happiness Project, and I did some online marketing consulting for Gretchen. And a few years into that career, I thought, I want to start something that marries the online marketing and publicity expertise that I now have with the fact that I'm a born editor and deal maker and I want to be representing the careers of authors. So I started Lucinda Literary, which is my firm now 13 years ago. Hard to be a female business owner, as you well know, Zibby, right? It's like not for the faint of heart. You're often in a room full of men. <laughs> and, you know, and and just we pivoted so many times. We started a speakers bureau in 2016. We've since grown our team of agents. And I'm doing this thing I love, which is coaching writers. I'm coaching, teaching. Now I'm writing this book, which is like the craziest surprise and meta experience an agent could ever have sitting at the author side of the table. Did you get yourself an agent or did you represent yourself? I made the critical mistake of not following what I prescribe in my book <laughs> and not hiring an agent. So I learned the hard way. I was like, I think I could do this myself. You know, similarly, I thought, I can write this book myself. I've always been an aspiring writer. I've learned from all these great folks. I couldn't do any of these things myself, right? It takes a village. So so this book was what I feel to be the only real gift that's been given to me that I haven't driven myself, right? You drive results every day. You sort of like you face all the naysayers. You know, my own mother, hopefully she's not listening, said you shouldn't run your own company. <laughs> you shouldn't run your own company. When I was so young, you know, that's going to be tough. And similarly, I, I was going to self-publish this book because I was so devoted to it and believing in it, which is, again, a quality of all the authors that are successful that I take on. Like, they're going to do this hell or high water. There is a message they need to get out there. They're going to do it with or without me. I was self-publishing this thinking, okay, that's what this will be and that'll be great. And then my friend, who's a publisher at Hay House, I was having dinner with her, third glass of wine. I'm like, maybe I should mention this book I'm writing. And she said, don't self-publish it. We want to commission it. Like, We want to give you an actual deal for this book. And I just fell over backward. And, and the lesson in that, again, for your audience and for writers, and I think this applies to people at large, right, is you talk about, every, like, you talk about what you're pursuing, even if it's completely new and you might fail, with everyone is you never know what door is going to open for you. 
And so that was my real experience of that. And it was a gift that they gave me, right? So, yeah, I mean, then there's a whole process of writing and launching the book, but I don't need to go on and on and on. No, it's fascinating. Yes, to it's tough to own a business, but also very rewarding. <laughs> so rewarding. I've realized it's like starting a business is like raising kids in a way because mm. just when you think you figured it out, everything changes again. And you have to like totally rethink everything, not everything, but you have to just always be ready to pivot. And yes. like that's part of the process. At first, I didn't realize that. And I think if I had to do it, you know, if I was telling someone who's starting a business, like, yeah, just make sure you always feel like you have your finger on it, but then like, no, it's just about to change. So like, yeah. don't, yeah. don't like post and you know, like, don't frame anything. It's all going to change. And then. <laughs> so. Right. Right. The experimentation aspect and the embracing the lack of control, which I think is so hard for people who do start businesses. I mean, this has been, I was, I was literally sobbing last night. I took a video of myself talking about this moment because it's been so pivotal, but really, you know, I try to tell my family and friends who are so sick of hearing about the book. It's like, this is not the moment of self-promotion. This is the the culmination of everything I've been believing in, driving toward, and experimenting with myself in this super scrappy way, starting out as a solopreneur now to someone who has a small team of people, not huge, and believing in myself even when no one did. And coming up with these creative concepts, like I've got in the book, these four types of writers who get book deals. I remember back and forthing with my assistant saying, like, does this make sense, the ideator? What is yeah. are people gonna laugh at the everywhere is to pronounce it? I love the quiz, by the way. The quiz is perfect. Oh my gosh. I'm like, love a good quiz. What are you? Which one were you? Oh my gosh, what was I? Um, <laughs> I'll I'll recap for your for your audience. So, or do you remember? Hold on, hold on. <laughs> what do you think I am? Well, Wait, where did it go? Hold on. What's my type? Should I answer the questions for you? Uh, sure. What, Select one question. What part of developing your book do you most enjoy? Research, networking, inspiration, brainstorm, brainstorming. D, mm-hmm. I am most comfortable when I'm prepared. So that's A. I think of myself as a strong listener, A. Although actually also C, happiest when I'm mm-hmm. connecting with others. Mm-hmm. Actually also D, happiest when I'm in a room by myself being creative. And maybe also yeah. be a big personality voice. <laughs> so let's forget that question. Yeah. Let's see. I mean, I'm going to go with D. I think D. Creative. Okay. Yeah, I'm D. Ideator. Okay. I, I think I'm an yeah. ideator. Okay. So I, I think so too. I think, <laughs> no, I think you are. I mean, you're now the everywhere. So just to for your audience who doesn't know what these types are, the ideator is obviously the big ideas person. That's kind of accessible. The everywhereist is, you know, an author has a big platform, which mm-hmm. we can also go into as well. It's like sort of the most sought after author today in publishing is the person who has that built-in visible audience and feels really comfortable connecting with those people. The data collector is the person who's doing all the research and figuring out what about their book is distinguished and, mm-hmm. and different from what's out there. And then the crusader is the person who will stop at nothing, who gets motivated by rejection, who comes up with the next idea and keeps knocking on the door. Obviously, that's totally, that's the story, right? That's what you have to be as an agent. Most writers feel like they are at least two types and Mm. never do they feel they're all four. Mm. You know, the encouraging news and get signed is you definitely do not need to be all four. I've seen each of these types succeed. But the key, which is further, you know, explained and refined in the book is 
you need to know how to leverage your strength as that writer type mm-hmm. and overcome that natural resistance or weakness mm. that the skeptical agent, publisher, or reader on the other side is thinking, this won't succeed for X reason, and you have to make sure in your pitch letter that you're one step ahead of that thinking by leading with your strength. So so that's the kind of fun, you know, four types of writers. Is this a science? Is this, should you write your query letter to an agent and say, I'm a crusader? No, you absolutely should not, <laughs> right? But you should use these characteristics to show why you are an author and why you have that potential. I love that. Well, anything that gives you clear guidelines, mm. like in an endeavor and a pursuit that feels so loosey-goosey, like no <laughs> rhyme or reason, like- okay, I have the most researched proposal ever with like all these statistics and this must convince someone and then it doesn't, or this is the most creative idea ever and it doesn't sell, or this is a great novel, but no one thinks so. (laughs) Right, right. What do you do? Yeah. I mean, going back to the research component, you'd be surprised how many people do not do their research. So they're, they're like in the ivory tower, they're in the writer's retreat, they're writing the memoir and they come forth and they're like, I've got to get this out to agents and publishers. What they haven't done is read in their category yeah. and see what's selling on Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then read an agent's list, like the titles we represent, to see where that's a fit. Mm-hmm. They're not on Publishers Marketplace seeing what, what yep. is selling in their category. So it's like that that creativity and that passion is overriding the need mm-hmm. for research, for market research, which you know you have to do before you're mm-hmm. approaching an agent or a publisher. So that's the, the research bit. What do you do when you're desperate, you're getting lots of rejections, no one's requesting your manuscript? Get Science has a whole chapter on that, like how to follow up constructively, how to elicit feedback that gives you a means for improvement. You know, but that begins with seeing yourself as on par with an agent. We're not on a pedestal. We're not better than you or holier than thou. There's no hierarchy here. We're looking for our next great talent. Mm-hmm. You're you're fueling our business. So this notion that I've pitched an agent and I didn't hear back, so I'm no good is like, I want to dispel that myth entirely. It's not you, it's your pitch. You're not breaking through because you haven't gotten that crucial aspect of this process right. And maybe you've just landed in someone's spam filter, or maybe the intern quit that day, or maybe, you know, you had like, there was a childcare crisis, happens a million times, you know, so, so you can't believe that that one shot you took is enough. Mm -hmm. Yep. (laughs) Who was I talking to? It was a couple of years ago. And I was talking about managing emails or something. And they were like, oh, yeah, if someone doesn't follow up with me, I assume it's not that important. And I was like, wait, what? That's so rude. And they're like, no, I have too many emails. And I just wait because I know then they they come a second time. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'll pay attention. (laughs) How many times did I follow up with you to make this connection? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you do know, you know, you know if, you, you do. if you really feel the love, like if you feel it's going to be a connection, which you really should feel deeply is going to be that agent, right? It's not like the slushing 50 people. I was listening to her last guest on the show, the author of more. And she said, I slushed 50 agents. I mm-hmm. should have gone to five. And this is absolutely what I prescribe in the book. It's like you find, and this is just what agents do. You know, this book that's disguised as how to query is actually about two other things. It's about acting as your own best agent and advocate, following all the shortcuts and strategies we do, because we are in your position too. And it's about writing the, you know, the foundation of a great book. So the pitch letter piece is actually 
you know, the cosmetic detail that gets people in, but the but what you learn from it is so much more. So these are these are the shortcuts agents are using. We're not going to publishers we don't know mm-hmm. and have relationships with and have researched deeply and know what books they buy. Yeah. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f- are you talking about you insane hollywood ass so to recap we're cutting the price of mint unlimited from 30 dollars a month to just 15 dollars a month give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch 45 dollars up front for three months plus taxes and fees promote for new customers for limited time unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows full terms at mintmobile.com some places take you away some bring you together marathon does both marathon is florida's family key with something for everyone You'll find museums and wildlife refuges, wide open beaches, miles of warm, clear water, and the historic Seven Mile Bridge. For more about Marathon and the latest safety protocols, visit flakeys.com slash marathon. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the cat in the hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishful podcast studio from the cat in the hat himself, and it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast, and those plans are the opposite of quiet. The cat may be disruptive, but it turns out he's also a great help to get fish out of all kinds of predicaments. Bursting with music, silliness, and rhymes, the Cat in the Hat cast encourages us all to find fun that is funny in every episode. So sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic Tongue Twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or Wondery Kids Plus in Apple Podcasts. This I learned this actually in my first job after college. I was working at Idea Lab, and I don't even know why I'm thinking about this, but people would come, and I was like the person who had to deal with all external vendors, right, who were coming in to, who wanted our business. And sometimes they'd come in and pitch me things. And I'm like, but why are you pitching me like this magazine you want us to advertise in? Do you know what we do? Like, why are you here? Yeah. Why didn't you, like, take the time <laughs> to read our website and you schlepped all the way here to Pasadena to meet with me. Like, like this doesn't yeah. make any sense to me. And now it's the same thing too. We get pitches and I'm like, no, it says everywhere, like we don't do historical fiction and this is based in 1400 or something. I'm like, we say that we, we you know, we don't do sci-fi. Like don't just yeah. don't send us the sci-fi. I don't, and yeah. even for the podcast, like to your point, like, I don't know, I, the, the pitches that get attention for anything, whether it's a book or placing that in a magazine or getting on a podcast or getting your book, you know, into a store or something, you have to know who you're pitching. Otherwise people don't pay attention. Like if they're like, oh, I've noticed every single thing in your bookstore and I think this would fit on the shelf. You're like, oh, okay. You did your research. I'm going to pay attention to this. I mean, this comes back to dating, right? Like, do you want to look desperate? (laughs) Because most queries look desperate. You know, like, I need you to make this real. So something else I talk about in the book is, like, don't talk about 
I've written, but talk about the book that will be. This will be, or this is, mm-hmm. is very, it's much more authoritative than, you know, talking about a book that you're hoping will mm-hmm. do. I'm hoping mm-hmm. you'll like, I'm hoping you'll like me. I mean, what are signs? What are signs of a desperate pitch? So just as you said, it's it's knowing the wrong category, and it's it's that it's that hoping quality, right? So a, a crucial mistake if we got into platform and how important that is for authors is they'll say, "I'm going to build a social media following. I mm. am going to hire. I'm going to go. This is the best. I'm I'm I'll be happy to do any media or book tours that you that my publisher puts me on. It's like." Yeah, everyone would be happy to have that. What are you doing now? Mm. What are you doing now to prove that you have that conviction and that audience? So what is it, what are the signs of a desperate pitch? That's a great question. I haven't been asked on podcasts before. It's that kind of sloppy subject line. You'd be surprised some writers query a mass list of agents and their colleagues, like even an open CC. <laughs> yeah, can you imagine? It's usually from an AOL address, not going to lie. Oh, like it's someone who is living in a different mm-hmm. sort of... You know, I, I say that this business, even when I started however many years, 15 years ago, you used to be able to mail manuscripts to an agent's desk. And so, you know, their assistant's desk was like a mile high. You would think that that would be a bad thing, right? But actually, someone had to open those manuscripts. Someone had to take a peek. Mm-hmm. Now, your e- everything's on your email. So there's so much weight on how you got that right. Trying to answer your question more clearly, what what are the signs of a desperate pitch? Like a sloppy subject line, an overly long synopsis that doesn't ap- it doesn't actually tell us what the book's about, meaning mm-hmm. why we would care. Mm. Why someone new to your work would care. We see so many memoirs, I'm sure you do too, that have this really compelling moving story of like loss and grief and trauma and affliction and cancer and sickness and I mean wild, you know, really upsetting stories. Nothing in that, unfortunately, is telling me why anyone who doesn't know you, you know, why a cold reader is going to come to your work. What are they going to take away? Right? So the pitch letter is not a synopsis, a summary of what your book is. The pitch is why your book now and who are you to write it. Mm-hmm. That's such good advice. Wow. What if people don't know? Yeah. I mean, that's a really good Again, question. Yep. Like, yep. You know, I don't know because... I wanted to write it. (laughs) Yeah, no. I feel like people, I think that's such a good thing. And also, I don't think people know how to necessarily build a platform if they don't have anything to build it around. Like, let's say they're just at home and they write a novel and you say, well, what are you doing now? And they're like, well, what am I going to market? Like my my cat? So that is this entire chapter in the book called Get Seen. And it's Mm -hmm. about the importance of road testing. Meaning you you go onto social media and it's, it's daunting. But it's a tool for you. You know, I've tried to make it less daunting in how I've I've uh, talked about it. But I'm doing it. It's it's hugely vulnerable. I I am fearful about doing it every day, putting yourself out there. But what it gives you is you can identify the content and the voice and what you have to offer, like what I call your VCO, your voice, content, and offering that people look to you distinctly for what they're resonating with. If you're paying attention to what's popular, not not only in your sphere. But what you are uniquely providing, you'll now have the clues of what should, you know, what should be in your book. So, you know, using myself as an example, I wanted to be a literary fiction writer and a short, you know, sending my short stories to the New Yorker and I'm writing poetry. And you never in a million years would have told me that I'd represent business books by entrepreneurs, that I'd write one myself about <laughs> like it's so wild. But why is that 
why is that perfect for the market? Because it's what I know, it's my expertise, and it's what I can actually, it's the wisdom I can lend. Mm-hmm. You know, being and so so many people are sort of like I see memoirs come in, and when we coach them, they end up self-help writers mm. because they're not, you know, Prince Harry, they're not Britney Spears, mm-hmm. they're not Zibby Owen. So it's like you need you need some other takeaway that is your distinct perspective to make this a contribution on a crowded shelf. I mean, I had a really hard time with my memoir. You did? Oh my gosh. Wait, I have we have a whole podcast on just you. I'm sure your listeners know, but I need to oh understand gosh. this. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean I mean it's rejected like a million times. I had to redo it and redo it and it took forever. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's worth it, right? Like it's worth it. Or you or you pivot, just as we were talking about in the I beginning. You yeah, figure- I kept changing it. Yep. Yeah. Keep, uh, so, my gosh. Do you think that everybody should be published who wants to be published? Another great question. So, so many people believe they have a book in them. And the answer is is very immediate for me, and it's no. And that's not a bad thing, right? So we've seen people go off to self-publish and be very successful at that. So it doesn't need to be a traditional deal with one of the big five publishers. Maybe you have a podcast instead because that's the best format for your content. Maybe you have a YouTube channel. Maybe you are just writing articles. Mm -hmm. So something I tell memoirists to do, novelists to do, take your, and this is another form of road testing to see if something works and something has an audience, is take sort of the nut of what you want to write about if you're a novelist, like the very best scene, place that as an essay. Mm-hmm. See if people respond to it, and then we know you're onto something. And maybe yep. you should just be writing essays for medium or you know for some other format, Substack, and still make money doing it. Maybe make better money. Maybe grow more of a following doing it than mm-hmm. attempt the really the brave and difficult world of book publishing. So no, it's not for everyone at all. And it really comes down to not only your talent on the page, but the gap in the market that you're filling, you know, get signed. No one had, no one was an agent who had written a book about how to get published. Plenty of coaches and authors have. The books are also years old, and the landscape's really changed. Mm-hmm. So, my publisher was, you know, said someone needs to do that, and I mm-hmm. will take a flyer on you, you know. But that's what this is about: identifying the gap in the market, making that case clear to an agent. Yeah. That's so true. If if you want to be Glennon Doyle, which we get so many, you know, I'm the next Glennon Doyle, I'm the next Untamed, read the Amazon reviews for what she what she didn't deliver in her book, what people are seeking as the follow-up or the question they wish she had answered. That's your clue that something's missing that hmm. you can provide. I love that. Oh my gosh, such good advice. Do you feel like now you're gonna get eight trillion pitches? Thank you. Do you have an idea for what to do with that? Because yeah. <laughs> okay, so here's here's the pitch for you know the business that I'm really excited about is the coaching side of this. And incidentally, I, I went to dinner with an editor two nights ago, and she was like, "Writers who are represented by agents need coaching because we're now all in a volume business. Editors are requiring more than they can physically." do. There's mm-hmm. not the support for them. Agents are oversubscribed and the advances are smaller. So they're like throwing spaghetti at the wall, which means there is less time for writers to get the editing and the coaching that they need. So what I'm going to do with these 8 million queries that come in, we already as a small agency get 50 a day before this book even launched, right? And we're a small agency. So imagine the rest. 
and we can talk about how to choose between solo agencies and big agencies. But what I'm what I imagine is going to happen is we're going to see eighty percent of those need more of the coaching mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that teaches them what's your big idea. Mm-hmm. You know, we're that's that's the kind of books we represent, big idea books, and that can apply to novels too. That's not just a nonfiction formula. So they need that before they're going to agents. Yeah, and they really need to know that you have to not go straight to publishers. Oh, I know. I know. Like, if you if you could <laughs> try to get that. What I think you should do, I mean, this is my two cents. Yeah, tell here. me. Tell me. Instead of them just piling up in an inbox, because they are people out there who are desperate for connection and knowledge and all of that, I think you should take all of them and put them in a Facebook group together so mm. that they make connections and like yeah. have, like you're like, here's our here's our, you know, wait, it's almost like the waiting room. It's like, here's the waiting room. Why don't you chat online while you're waiting to get in the door at the doctor's office? Like, here's our big waiting room and put them all in there, have them meet each other and then put on a giant conference and have them all come. Cause I was actually thinking of putting on a conference for aspiring authors where you bring Mm. in like speed dating and, you know, you know, blah, 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 blah. And that's, you know, that's a goldmine to have all those aspiring authors or put them all on a mailing list. Yeah. Let's, Yes, and we're doing can, that. But you can market to them. You can have other people market to them. You could say, "I have this list. Would you like to advertise on my list?" I mean, you're yeah. a business owner. I shouldn't even tell you. I'm sure you've no, thought of but, a million things. But here's here's what's what's valuable. I'm doing everything. But the, yeah. but the 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 interest in that for my clients is that I'm being their guinea pig. You know, I'm I'm experimenting with all of these guerrilla marketing strategies that are actually working, and now I can tell them for their book launches, like this is what you should do and what you shouldn't do. Mm-hmm. So that that sort of knowledge coupled with the compassion piece that I never had, I can just admit, you know, I I never understood what it was. I was like, come on, like sock up and go get blurbs, you know, like how hard is this to write a letter to someone to an author that you know and ask for a blurb. It was the most vulnerable moment for me when I first had to do that. Like writing Adam Grant blurb this book, I had to write someone I admire so much and say, this tiny baby book and you get a thousand queries a day, like, and you write a really personal letter. Mm -hmm. But so that, you know, yes, authors have to be thinking of a book as part of a much greater puzzle and career. Mm -hmm. Because we're not in it for one hit wonders and neither are you, Mm -hmm. right? You're envisioning like, the career in this. Oh my gosh. I feel like we could talk about this for like a hundred years. <laughs> I want to talk about you. I want to talk about your whole career, but no, no. I just mean like the state of the industry and what yeah. we can, like what you can do and you know, all the, it's so, cause it's so hard. And then after so you get the deal, it's still hard. Like it, it's just it's, hard. It's harder. It's harder. <laughs> yeah, it's so right. Hard. Yes. I mean, it's, there's so many things like no one journey, no one book journey is the same. That's what keeps it exciting for agents and publishers in a way. But it's also how many conversations are we going to have about how the jacket sucks? How many conversations about how the publicist didn't deliver? You know, my editor didn't respond in a timely way. It's like, authors, I feel your pain. You know, I I feel that firsthand now. So it's tricky. It's tricky. It is very tricky. And so much is generated by the author, as you know. The author has to... Do everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is it. This is what the world is right now. Should I be saying that? 
Yes, you should, because then people aren't just disappointed and surprised or whatever. Or or that they think that there's this publisher is a great gift. Like again, it's this it's this false notion that an agent or a publisher is the greatest gift I could receive. No, you are the greatest gift we could receive. You know, but there's a lot of pressure on you mm-hmm. to to hustle and to work hard. Yeah. So it's just reframing that. Gone are the days of like, you know sending in something and then sitting back and becoming like yeah. reclusive and famous and like yeah. Donna Tart, you know, yeah, you and Barbara Kingsolver, you can't do it anymore. Yeah. I had Barbara Kingsolver on my podcast. So Oh wow. She's yeah. a favorite. She's a favorite. Just saying like nobody is nobody can do it. John Irving, I had on my podcast. I'm like, these guys they're like legends. What? Yeah. They used to just be like hiding and no one can hide. Everybody yeah. has to be out there. Whether you're yes. John Irving or you're the person who just got over a horrible diagnosis and wants to write about it. And, you know, everyone's out there and that's just the state of the world. So you can either keep complaining about it or find ways to manage it. Yeah. How do you deal with all the engagement and, you know, around social media that you have to... I mean, I wasn't on social media until I was trying to sell a book and they were like, you have no platform. And I was like, okay, I guess I should like start an Instagram account. I mean, literally, like, yeah, yeah. Like, and you know, it's 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 a full time job. It's a full time. Like, yeah, I do this. I do it for hours still today, like every yes. night. And I'm always like, yes. okay, this isn't working. This isn't working. What's happened? I feel like this growth is not like da da da. Let me let me test this out. I mean, you can't stop. I'm always like every minute, and I'm sure you are too. Like, yeah, how is it working? Where is this landing? Like, who should I pitch my book to? Like bookstores, that's a whole other thing. Anyway, we could, you know, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, on yeah. and on. But um, all to say, like your book is so important because everyone needs to like start at least on the same page. Like this mm. is like, you know, this is like what to expect when you're expecting. Just at least read that and then go to the Ooh, doctor. I, I love that. Thank you. I love that. Ahead, yeah. Every, every author started as an unknown. We all started in the same place having an idea and a desire to write. Yeah. But yeah. there's so much more to it. Unless you're like a massive celebrity and you, yeah. just, but for yeah. most of us who are not celebrities, that is not what yeah. I'm So anyway, really great. I'm going to be recommending this all the time. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so you're, you know, thank you for taking your time out of your busy work life to help all the people who really need the book. So thank you. Yeah. I hope, I hope it helps people. I just want people to come in way more educated when they're querying yes. agents. Yes. It doesn't have to be our agency. Right. You know, it's just, it applies to the market. It's just yeah. what publishers are looking for, what readers are looking for, because we're all thinking like readers. Yes. So if you have, you haven't identified what's in it for the reader. You just won't pass that first test. Yes. So anyway, I could talk all day with you. I know, you, so but... true. Well, okay, okay, so everybody, get <laughs> Thank signed, you. listen to Halpern, go get it now. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Sibby. Thank you. And I'm sorry this took us so long to schedule. And No, I'm so thrilled. I, we need to have more conversations. Okay, yes, thanks, Sibby. in touch in the neighborhood. Okay, okay, <laughs> bye. bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 